Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, September 5th, 2017, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. Mercury went direct this morning, but it's still causing problems with communications and electronics. And case in point, I'm having to do this show with my cell phone because I have no internet or landline right now, but it's an outage in my area, so all I can do is wing it. We have a great guest for you this evening. Her name is Hillary Scott, and she has studied astrology for the last 21 years, 13 of which she has been practicing professionally, providing chart interpretations designed to help her clients manifest their potential and understand their birth chart blueprints for this lifetime. Along with an international practice, Hillary is the host of the Everyday Astrology podcast, She writes the monthly horoscopes for Girl Magazine, that's G-U-R-L, and a well-loved weekly planetary forecast, This Week in Astrology. She is also the author of the Astrological Guidebook to Self-Love, which has 12 volumes, one for each sign. You can check out her websites, which are Hillary Scott, and Hillary is spelled H-I-L-L-O-R-Y, Scott, S-K-O-T-T, dot com, and also everydayastrologypodcast.podbean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N, dot com. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to Starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. And we'd like to thank Jada and Fiona for hosting the switchboard tonight, although, um, I don't know if we can take any questions because I don't have internet and I'm usually the one that that does the clicking, but we'll see what we can do. Uh, You can check out our online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com and it's a safe place to connect with other Starseeds thanks to Tammy's dedication and help with our forum. You can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk. And if you'd like to show your support of our show, please Click follow on our page here and you'll get our weekly show notices. The toll-free number for StarseedHotline.com is 888-881-0881. The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. For those who need healing of any kind, emotional, physical, or spiritual, for yourself or your pets, Tammy's powerful remote sessions will make a difference for you. If you have a birthday coming up, don't miss out on your 10 hours of power. You can find out when that happens by requesting your solar return timing. And please keep in mind that if you want that chart to be interpreted by one of us, you'll need to order about two or three months ahead of time because we do have a waiting list. So first this evening, I would like to introduce Anastasia, and uh, okay, I'm not sure why, I just went back to the studio thing here, even though I've got it up on my computer, it's not showing anything, so I sure hope that 
I'm actually on the air. <laughs> um, Jada, uh, can you click um, Anastasia's line so that she can come on and do the news? Okay. Um, well, I don't know if I am being heard. This is kind of disconcerting. Um, Jada, could you just come on the air and tell me if you can hear me? Just open up your mic. Okay. Um, I'm beginning to wonder if you can even hear me at all. Hello? And so, we can hear you. Oh, okay. Fine. Okay. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I just I wow. feel like I'm in the dark here. Wow, you so, did great. It's a miracle. Yeah, well, I've got no internet and no landline, but my cell phone's still working. So um, I don't know how you pulled this off. My, That's great. <laughs> well, it's, it's um, I call it monkey rigging. But um, oh, you're, you're, yeah, so this is great, Ariel. You're doing great. I I was hoping well, that you would know we could hear you. I was sending you signals. I thought I've got to find another phone and call you, but <laughs> then I realized you're on that phone. So anyway, did good. Well, yeah, I'm here, yeah. and so okay, I hope our guest then, is uh, available. But I'll go on with the news, and we'll see what else happens. Okay. Fair well, enough. Happy Mercury Rex, everybody. <laughs> Oh, man, am I so glad to see that behind us. And like you said, it's still lingering. Lots of weird electronic stuff happening to me, too. So I'm glad it's waning out. Say it's over, but, you know, as you said, it always takes a little while. But, yes, let's all celebrate that. I'll bake a cake. How's that? (laughs) Well, we have a solar storm. (laughs) We have a solar storm on its way, everybody. Hmm? Excuse me? I won't help either. <laughs> okay. Can you hear me all right? <laughs> yes, I okay. can. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, we have a solar storm on the way. And yesterday, during uh, this flurry of M-class solar flares, that old sunspot AR-2673 hurled a coronal mass ejection toward Earth, and NOAA forecasters are saying that this cloud is likely to arrive late tomorrow on September 6th. They say it will cause moderately strong G2-class storms with isolated periods of strong G3-class storms on the 6th and the 7th. So, hmm, going to get some pretty good uh, geomagnetic storms in the next couple of days. And they have discovered a medium-sized black hole, 100,000 times bigger than the sun, discovered near the center of our Milky Way. Now, they say this is a brand-new kind of black hole at the center of our galaxy, and they say that it may help explain the evolution of black holes. Well, okay. But in research conducted by Japanese astronomers using the Alma Observatory in northern Chile, a black hole, like I said, 100,000 times the size of the sun, was found within a molecular gas cloud. Its relatively small size means that it's the first to be identified as an intermediate mass black hole. Now, some scientists believe that black holes with masses greater than a million solar masses 
are at the center of all galaxies and are essential to their growth. Now, the origins of supermassive black holes remain a mystery. Mm. So there you have it. I would wonder if eventually we're all going to get sucked into that black hole, but that's a topic for another day by someone who knows a lot more about it than I do. (laughs) Well, (laughs) hurricanes, hurricanes everywhere. Hurricane Irma is intensifying. It's now a Category 5 storm. They call it a dangerous hurricane, Irma, and they say that it has been intensifying today. In fact, just today they upgraded it to a a Category 5. They just announced that earlier today. They say that the speeds are reaching up to 175 miles per hour. It's expected to reach the United States and British Virgin Islands along with Puerto Rico by Wednesday. Tropical storm force winds are expected to begin affecting the east coast of Florida and the Florida Keys on Friday night. They don't know which way that Hummer's going to go, whether it's going to go north or perhaps cross the Gulf and uh, perhaps hit Texas again is pretty unknown. I think they're trending according to their so-called models that it will swing north along the Atlantic seaboard. We'll find out. Well, we have at least 74 wildfires that are raging in eight western states, and there's been over one million acres that have been burned, and they're still ongoing. Fire and water, water and fire. And speaking of fire, the La Cumbre volcano has erupted in the Galapagos Islands. That was just yesterday. A volcanic eruption occurred at at uh, Fernandina Island in the Galapagos. Uh, I can't say it when I think about it. The Galapagos of Ecuador. After eight years of relative calm, this volcano began generating a column of water vapor and magmatic gases that were about, they say, four kilometers high. So that's undergoing right now. And in southeastern Idaho, we've had more than 100 earthquakes or aftershocks that have rattled southeastern Idaho since a 5.3 magnitude quake hit near the town of Soda Springs late last week. And experts say these aftershocks, or little quakes, will continue for another week or so. Now, the 5.3 quake uh, hit was the second in a series. So there were two quakes and then a swarm of afterquakes that have occurred since then. They say there's been no reports of injuries or damage, although officials report that 17,000 people reported feeling that earthquake in Idaho as far away as Salt Lake City. Well, the European Union says that 40 countries are now affected by the tainted egg scandal. Have you heard about that? Well, the European Union official says 40 countries have now been affected by a European-wide contaminated egg scandal, including 24 European Union members and 16 non-members. Now, only four countries in the 28-nation union haven't had any eggs tainted by the pesticide caprono, which is considered a health hazard if it's consumed in large quantities. Now, the unaffected nations are Lithuania, Portugal, Cyprus, and Croatia. Now, millions of eggs across Europe have been destroyed after they were found to contain traces of fipronil. And my, oh my... Uh, Harvey was horrible. 
but now there are concerns about the toxic waste that is uh, lurking in the floodwaters of Houston as, and in the dirt as well uh, and in structures as the floodwaters recede. Now, long a center of the nation's photo, uh, petrochemical industry, the Houston metro area has more than a dozen Superfund sites, which have been designated by the Environmental Protection Agency as being among America's most intensely contaminated places. Now, many of these Superfund sites are flooded right now with the risk that waters are stirring dangerous sediment, toxic waste. And the threats to human health and wildlife from the rising waters that inundate Superfund sites vary widely depending on the specific contaminants and the concentrations that are involved. Now, the EPA has said that the risk that floodwaters could carry um, and spread toxic materials over a wider area is a concern of increasing magnitude in any type of Superfund site. Now, the current EPA administrator has called cleaning up the Superfund sites a top priority, even while he has taken steps to roll back or delay rules aimed at preventing air and water pollution. There's a conundrum, and Trump's proposed 2018 budget seeks to cut money for the Superfund program by 30%. Environmentalists have been warning for years about the potential for flooding to inundate Texas Superfund sites, particularly the San Jacinto waste pits. And experts are warning that if floodwaters have spread these chemicals into the waste pits, then dangerous chemicals like dioxin could be spread around the wider Houston area. Superfund sites are the most dangerous places in the country, and they should have been properly protected against flooding. Some experts are now telling us this. And the United Nations chief says that natural disasters have quadrupled since 1970. Natural disasters, they say, have nearly quadrupled in number since 1970, and the United States has experienced the most disasters since 1995, followed by China and India, according to the United Nations chief. Now, this U.N. Secretary General told reporters that in recent days the world has seen the dramatic aggravation of climate change with unprecedented events caused by storms and flooding from Texas to Bangladesh, India, Nepal, and Sierra Leone. Before the current floods, he said, preliminary reports registered 2,087 deaths this year from natural disasters. And with the latest floods, that number will at least double, probably more. He said that last year, 24.2 million people were displaced by sudden disasters, three times as many as by conflict and violence. And in Hawaii, here's an interesting news story for all of, well, many people that would like to sit back in their recliners and collect a check for the rest of their lives. You know, we're coming on an age of driverless trucks, factory robots, Delivery drones, virtual personal assistants, you know, all that electronic stuff. And as technological innovations increasingly edge into the workplace, many people are afraid that robots and machines are destined to take jobs that human beings have held forever, a trend that is already happening in stores and factories around the country. So now what? Well, enter the idea of a basic universal income. 
the notion that everyone should be able to receive a stream of income to live on regardless of their employment or economic status. Now, this doesn't seem like an idea that will gain traction nationally in the current political environment, but guess what? In some politically progressive corners of the country, specifically Hawaii and including San Francisco Bay, the area or the idea, excuse me, the idea of distributing a guaranteed income has begun to gain support. Now, the president of the Tax Foundation of Hawaii, which is a nonprofit dedicated to limiting taxes and increasing fairness, has estimated that if all Hawaiian residents were given $10,000 annually, it would cost about $10 billion a year, which he says Hawaii can't afford given its $20 billion in unfunded pension liabilities. However, a co-founder of the U.S. Basic Income Guarantee Network, an informal group that promotes the idea of a basic income, suggests that Hawaii could collect a property tax from hotels, businesses, and that residents could be dis- could receive the uh, distribution uh, from those profits. He said, if people in Alaska deserve an oil dividend, why don't the people of Hawaii deserve a beach div- dividend, a beach dividend? So there you have it. There is uh, mm, thought underway, uh, uh, stimulus underway to plan ahead for the future for a time when human beings will not be needed for medial, menial labor. And so the guaranteed income idea is gaining traction, at least in discussion. People are working on it. Of course, $10,000 a year uh, is way below the poverty line, but Nevertheless, they're talking about it. You know, when one thinks and considers about all the money these corporations will save by using automated labor instead of a human workforce, it seems pretty outrageous that they would even start with a number like $10,000 annually when it's going to save such an incredible amount of money to corporations. So keep your ear to the ground on that one because there's going to be more discussions about it and – we probably ought to think about shaking them up if they just want to give people $10,000 um, when they're going to be making probably billions more by automating, uh, you know, automating industry to that extent. Well, this is kind of good news. Uh, ships uh, in the uh, Washington State San Juan Island Channel are uh, agreeing to slow down because they want to protect endangered orcas. What's that all about? Well, uh, this is a very busy water channel off the Washington State's uh, coastline. And uh, it is now the home or the place where a small population, an endangered population of 78 whales are are located right now. And so uh, people are getting together and agreeing uh, to slow down their boats so that these whales will not be disturbed and that they can survive. Uh, That's to cut down on noise, um, which whales are particularly sensitive to, as well as to steer clear and to keep the waters more calm. This is a two-month trial that asks all cruise ships, ferries, bulk containers, and other commercial vessels to voluntarily slow their craft to 11 knots through the Harrow Strait. And nearly five dozen industry participants have formally agreed to slow down for the whales. Isn't that nice? That's cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you think about how much ship traffic 
there must be in those areas. I mean, I just never really stopped to think about it, but you look at shoreline photographs, and if you live on a shoreline, you see how many boats, how much traffic is on the waterways these days. You know, the fish really don't have, I mean, even they're invaded in the waters, uh, not just on land. So I think that's really a nice gesture, very thoughtful. Absolutely. Well, uh, our last, what, isn't that, yeah, that's nice. Uh-huh. Nice to think that people are actually being thoughtful for a change. That's great. Well, our last story for tonight is really wild. Uh, researchers have invented a completely new type of camera that sees through structures inside of the human body. <laughs> now, medical techniques for uh, imaging of the body, looking inside of our bodies, have come a long way. And now in the future, it looks like doctors will be able to see absolutely everything going on under our skin. Now, the current prototype camera was developed by researchers from the University of Edinburgh in the U.K. Now, they say that this camera can actually see through structures inside the human body, detecting light sources underneath the skin as much as eight inches through as much as eight inches of bodily tissue. Now, that's all the article said. It doesn't indicate what kind of X-ray. I don't know if this is X-ray. Is it a camera? They didn't say. Is it an X-ray camera? Really don't know. But if it is penetrating the tissue, one would imagine that it does involve radiation of some type. So I'll uh, do my best to research that and maybe bring you some more news on that in the future because that is, uh, wow. I mean, wow. Um, They think they're going to be able to see entirely through to the other side at some point in the future. And if it's safe, that would sure be nice instead of in invasive uh, kinds of procedures. But I have my doubts as right. to whether or not, at least at this stage, there's anything safe about it. But anyway, that's the news for this week. And I'm, uh, I want to congratulate you, Ariel, for pulling this off. That's great. We're going to have a guest tonight, and you did it in spite of everything, in spite of technology, <laughs> which is why we still need humans, not robots, running things. <laughs> So from my heart to each <laughs> to each one of you, much love, and have a beautiful week, everybody. Be safe. Peace. Peace be with you all. Thanks a lot, Ariel. Thanks so much, Anastasia. And um, now I have to um, see if Jada and Fiona, if you could open up Lavendar and Hillary's mic. And uh, ladies, when, you, when your mic's open, just... Start talking so I know because I'm I'm like blind here can't see the studio. Hello, it's Hillary speaking. Hello, it's Lavender Hello, here. Hello, Hillary. Okay. Hello. We did it. Yay. All right. Yeah, this Mercury Mercury retrograde. Um, maybe that should be our first topic. Because <laughs> it is just yes, it has been quite a journey, hasn't it? It sure has. Uh, I mean, I, Hillary, I don't know if you were online uh, for the intro there, but uh, like 30 minutes before showtime, I lost my um, my landline, my internet, and my TV. And wow! It's just, you know, it's, a, it's an outage in my area, so it's not like oh. it's just me. <laughs> but still, um, I'm having to do this on my cell phone. So I hope that I'm at least you know audible. Yeah, it sounds really good. Um, I think, from what I can tell. Well, okay, good. Thank you. So, Lavender, are you set and ready to go? Ready to go? I'm here. I'm okay. Here. Ladies, take Hi, it away. Take it away. Well, hey, Hillary. 
So I'm so glad that you agreed to come and be on our show. I don't have many friends that I can talk to about astrology, and it's so exciting to have someone that knows the language. And you've been in it for, what, 21 years? Yes, yes, I've been studying it for 21 years now. It's crazy. It goes by fast. I know. So tell me a little bit about yourself. When you were growing up, did you feel like you were different? Were you the only one in your family that that was uh, listening to a different drummer. Tell us a little bit about you before you got into astrology. Sure. Um, I grew up in, I was given up for adoption, so I had that naturally didn't feel like I fit in feeling right out of the gate. So, um, but I don't think I was really conscious. Like I knew that I was different and rebellious, like I, I was rebellious, but I was also kind of under the radar. Like I didn't like confrontation and it wasn't until I was in my early 20s that I had kind of an experience of, I call it my revelations, where it was like I just all of a sudden woke up and had all these certainties about life that I didn't even have a clue about before. And it was a really pivotal time. And that is when I also discovered astrology. So I, and it was, it coincided with Jupiter um, connecting to Pluto in my chart and also Neptune. So there was and Uranus. There was a big wake-up moment for me. You know, all yeah, of let a sudden me ask I, you: Was your mm-hmm. was Uranus um, activating your ninth house at that time? Um, yes, I believe that it was activating my ninth house at the time. So my ideas and my philosophies, and and uh, I have a bunch of planets in Sagittarius as well. So, like that, all tied into it. I think that the like big thinking that was all of a sudden coming down to me. Because it was coming from nowhere. Like, I didn't have, like, people to influence me or family members or someone to offer me a book. It was really coming from coincidences and interesting books crossing my path that explained things to me and just sort of an inner knowing that I was connected to something that was kind of watching over me, in a sense. It was really, really pivotal and interesting experience. I still remember it so, so drastically. So let me ask you, when you started astrology, um, did we have computers then? Because when I started astrology, we didn't have computers, and I had to do it by hand. And to draw one chart took me five hours. Oh, my goodness. I, no, you know what? When I started, there was computers already. And I remember thinking, because I'm not good at math, so I remember thinking if I had been born 20 years earlier, I would have never become an astrologer. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to do the math. I wouldn't have wanted to do the math. It's too mathy for me. So with the computers, it just gives you your chart, and then you learn, you know, you learn from that. It's, it's a lot. I can't believe you actually have to draw up your own charts. Yeah, well, you know, I had five different tutors. I had, see, I was terrible in math also because the way I'm wired, everything I do is based on 12. So the, the system here is based on 10. So I would argue with every astrologer that would try to teach me about this. And so I went through five, five different astrologers before I finally said, okay, I'll just wait for the computers to come around, and I did. Oh, yeah, and they did, didn't they? Oh, my gosh, have they ever, hey? Thank yeah. goodness. So yeah, tell us really a little bit about what you think is happening with Mercury retrograde right now and, and anything that you have to add about the eclipse that we just had on August the 21st. Ah, okay. Well, it was pretty – it was very powerful. I'm sure that everybody felt – like it started with the lunar eclipse on the 7th, and then it's like a, the the eclipse portal they call it right until the two weeks later where all like many changes come down in that two week period and most people will have some sort of ex, like major experience in their life 
that's very obvious around the eclipse time and depending on whether it activates a part of your chart and it was in leo and aquarius so it's it was activating for all of us i believe us to come from our hearts and to be like a leo character is is connected to the sun and and they have an ability to shine and be who they are without you know self-consciousness and it's a wonderful warm radiating energy and we can all kind of tap into what our hearts and who we are in our hearts and and how we can offer that to humanity so that was like the the theme that was going on did you have any major experiences during the eclipse oh yeah we had we had uh, we were over at the starseed quest in arkansas and we actually had several people take pictures up close to the sun, and they would capture a, a scout ships. And we did have one lady that just pointed her camera just up in space, and she got the bottom of a spaceship with hieroglyphics on the bottom. Get out. Really? Really. That is, really. That is fascinating. So, yeah, I guess they're, like the veils between all of you know the things that keep us separate are, are definitely thinning during this time. And with Mercury retrograde, too, like nothing... Nothing is working as it normally would, right? So there's all kinds of um, opportunity for synchronicities and new understandings and kind of it. I heard that Mercury is like a big magnet. And when it goes retrograde, it kind of crosses in between the Earth and the sun. And that's part of why all the electronical equipment, electronic equipment goes crazy, which makes a lot of sense if you think about it. You know, I was uh, I was doing a solar return today, and I was noticing that Mercury is going to be 28 Leo, right. and Uranus is going to be 28 Aries, uh, the seventh. And I'm and I'm thinking, wow, that's going to activate that eclipse, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's activating the eclipse. It, it actually, Mercury's turning direct today, and I believe it's right on the eclipse point that it's turning direct. Yeah. And then Mars is also moving into Virgo today. So it's a, and then there was just yesterday an opposition between the sun and Neptune. So there's a lot of, I don't know, there's a really powerful, I don't know, I can feel really powerful, unusual energy happening for the last three weeks. Things that are, things are very different. Kind How of, about Jupiter Uranus? Do you think it's too far wide for it to be affecting or do you think it's still affecting that Jupiter Uranus opposition? I think that we're still in effect by that. I think for sure. And and the, and also Jupiter is sextiling the north node from tomorrow until the 16th. So that is very um fortunate for us to get on path with, you know, our our futures and be who we are in the future. So lots of lucky scenarios and situations and meetings with people that that you need to meet and people you need to hear, that kind of stuff. Lucky expansion will go on too. So I think it's all, what do you think? Do you think it's all still, like, we're all under the effect of it? I think we are, and, and with Uranus, Mercury, well, who knows what's going to, it's 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 called unexpected, yeah. right? Right, who knows? <laughs> yeah, and that's the, that's the funny thing, though, is, like, when you're an astrologer, you actually know, <laughs> you know to expect the unexpected, but you still can't, like, how often do you actually figure out what it is? You don't, right? It still manages, even though we know to be aware of the unexpected, that, you know, it stays unexpected to us, which I find really interesting. I'm wondering if this solar flare that's coming in for the next two or three days at the same time is going to um, have some effect uh, with earthquakes and and, um, volcanoes, and I'm just wondering 
you know, with everything at once. What, what, you know, is this the kitchen sink or what? <laughs> well, and there's like also flooding and fires everywhere too, which is like, like there's floods everywhere. And then also forest fires, like massive fires. Actually here, I'm on the West coast near Vancouver, British Columbia. And there's this, it's very warm here. Actually, it's never this warm here. And there's this weird red kind of haze in the air. It's very unusual. And there was a report from British Columbia all the way to Alberta, which is like from Washington to Montana, of a meteor going by. There was hundreds of reports coming in that something like zoomed through the sky and like there was noise, and but nobody has you know, had any idea of what it is, but so many people saw it. So I wonder if that has to do with the solar flares too. Well, there's no telling. There's just yeah. no telling. It's kind so, of tricky, isn't it? Do you find that, I find that that astrology is a language. It's a language mm-hmm. that I like to talk to other astrologers. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your definition of, of your language of astrology? Um, I feel like astrology is, it's definitely a language. I think you're definitely right about that. And and it's not, it's so much more than what people that don't know about it think it is. Like it's so vast and deep and connected through, you know, through lifetimes, probably to different cosmos even that were connected. So I believe that the astrology chart is left by us as a blueprint for ourselves to find in this incarnation. So it's like before you, you came into the body and, and you knew we were going to forget everything, which is very tricky, um, you left this little map for yourself so that you knew what your game plan was. And I guess if you can find an astrologer or happen to be drawn to the study, it's, it's a complicated study that takes so many years to, doesn't it take so many years to even kind of figure out what you're doing? Yes, but you know, I've, I found a really easy way to um, help people understand. I have them get... Uh, Planets in Transit by Robert Hand. Ah, yes. And and then they can go on on time passages and and find their daily transits. And all they right. need to do is is look at the transit and read the book. Yeah, that's very true. Like it it's very when you just want to learn about the transits and the moon. That that's actually the first things you learn, right? The the how the moon shifts every two and a half days, and especially when you're sensitive, being tuned into those things is so important. It makes you just have so much more command over your space and time, I think. And one of the things that I've been noticing lately when I'm talking to my clients about astrology is I say to them, visualize every cell in your body being a duplicate chart. Oh, I like that. Every cell is a chart. So you've got, you know, millions of, of these charts running around in your body, and, and then we huh. get to see it, you know, on paper, the way we print it out. But think mm-hmm. of it as being part of a mechanism so when the moon and the planets start triggering those those um, aspects in your in your body it's like your dna starts responding to the transits right and that must be how we're that must be how it works right that must be how we're tied into it because we do really respond to the transits we do like if you watch people's lives and check what their charts doing you can see what's going on in their lives very easily quite amazing yeah so i i love it so do you have any examples of major transits in people's lives that you could share with us maybe from clients or maybe through yeah or anything that would be of interest to our group sure i think that um one of the things 
I think that is important is to be in tune with like the Saturn transits with the Pluto, obviously. I mean, we all as humans go through certain transits at certain times and they're pivotal times for us. So like the Saturn return happens between 28 and 30. And I believe that people, you know, if they have an understanding of what's going on, they can make better choices through those difficult times. And also the middle age, the midlife, I'm actually kind of in my midlife crisis transit right now the Uranus opposition and so a lot of my peers are also in that and it's quite it's mayhem (laughs) there's like so many people making all kinds of crazy decisions that seem totally out of left field but I really do believe that at that time at the Uranus opposition which is between 38 and 45 for most people they're you know it's us being aware that time is running out and that we've got to make a move because if we don't make a move and wake up and do what we're here to do, we're going to miss the boat. So it really, Uranus really like activates us in that sense. So though it can seem crazy. And I guess if you're not properly connected, you know, if you're like, if you're drinking too much alcohol or there's some sort of escape addiction problem, you can miss like the, the opportunities in these transits by being kind of asleep but I've seen, you know, divorces happen, people walking out, affairs happening, people actually really taking off in their careers at this time, too, especially women, because women at that age, instead of feeling like we're, you know, there to take care of the babies, we can now step out into the world and be who we are. And whereas men at that time are supposed to kind of come in a little bit and go into their heart and come from their emotional center. So a lot of times people, the men that go through the midlife crisis transit will end up having a broken heart to deal with so that they understand what emotions are like so there there's i mean transits are there's is that is that a good enough example or, or yes talk, and talk a little bit things? about jupiter's transit because i love jupiter it's okay. of course real sagittarian and i'm a sagittarian jupiter. so talk a little bit about the jupiter transits through the houses yeah, I love Jupiter, too, because I have a bunch of Sagittarius, too. So I'm like, yeah, Jupiter. And plus, it, it helps us. I, I always say, because Jupiter is very buoyant and um, philosophical and big, like, just big thinking and generous. And, you know, it's a, I'm sure you know, it's a lovely energy. But it also, um, it can give us a sense of, like, certainty and intuition so I think as it tra- as it goes through the different houses, it, it, and it, depending on where it's going to hit for you, right? Like all of our houses based on our rising sign are different. But if it's going to hit on an important planet, it often will bring out, you know, there can be difficult transits with maybe Pluto and stuff. But even then, it'll be like a stepping into the power, stepping into your power and expanding things for you in your life. So right now, Jupiter is in Libra. That is a very, I think that it's, creating you know consciousness of relationships and being fair in relationships or like it's interesting I don't know that Trump is there's somehow that connects for me that Jupiter's in Libra and Trump is the president I'm not even sure why that connects for me but well I can tell you I think I know if you'd like to hear it's because he's bringing everything to a head and and Uh Jupiter being in Libra is going to make a soft a softer landing than expected Ah, yeah, because, you know, there's some, though he, he's, it all seems so crazy, and I'm super happy that we have our adorable Justin Trudeau as a prime minister, but, absolutely, <laughs> but it's, um, it, it's, there's a part of me that thinks he's not so bad, too, which is maybe completely out of left field, but there's a part of me that wonders if his purpose is 
like it's better than we actually can see what's happening on some level. Well, I think he's, he's like, a systems buster. He's busting yeah, he's all the systems. Up, exactly. And once the systems are busted, then we have to rebuild them. Yeah, and he's, I mean, he's such a rogue, right? Like, I, I'm surprised he's even still alive in being president, just because how did he even get there? Like, it I all know. seems so crazy, right? So, he, he, he is starseed. His Mars is 26 Leo. Oh, so he His is. rising, you know, is 29 Leo. So the eclipse did hit him big time. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I know there was lots of, you know, hush-hush talk about what might happen to him because of that major eclipse. But I guess we'll see how it all, all plays out, right? It's it's pretty interesting. I personally, I know that's against the, the normal thing, but I'm kind of, I think that he's good on some level. And just like you said, maybe he, he's a starseed and he's a systems buster, so maybe I resonate with that on some level. <laughs> so what is your understanding of, of what a starseed is? When did you first d- discover that you were indigo or starseed or... Tell us a little bit about your journey of when you woke up to to those concepts. Well, I had like my revelations and I think I was 23 when I was four. I distinctly remember being a four year old and thinking, how can these people be the ones that are supposed to be taking care of me? Like, there's just no way that these people can be responsible for me. Like, I felt like everyone was just, and I was very little when, and I heard another one of your guests talk about that, being very little and being conscious of being kind of on their own, that they had to take care of themselves, essentially. So there there was sort of, I think that, and I remember wanting to talk to somebody who was in charge. And the only concepts I had as a four-year-old was people talking about Jesus and religion. And I remember writing a letter asking him where I came from and when I can go home. So I must have, <laughs> you know, and I put it, I crawled up onto the counter and put it on top of the cupboards because that seemed like the highest place, like somehow he must be up high. And so, you know, I was trying to connect back. And I think from then I was always still connected to, like I had very strong intuition and a sense of protection and kind of unusual ideas but it wasn't until I was 32 and I went to a, a channeling session and uh, the channel that was there she she was like going to each person in the room and she told me that I was one of the first indigo people to come and she talked about how I've always wanted to speak the truth and my truth has been shut down. Like I, it wasn't appropriate ever to speak the truth and that that's actually what I'm here to do. So she kind of like opened up, you know, like we all shut down when people don't want to hear what we have to say, right? Like if, if, if you're going to say something that rubs someone the wrong way or, you know, our parents give us cues and education. And so I was quite shut down, I think. And But after that, when I researched what it meant to be an indigo, I was like, oh, my God, I, I really am this, which was crazy. This this lady who's channeling otherworldly guides told me that this was true. And all the hair on my arms stood up. And I actually, like, was overwhelmed with emotion because I felt like like I was kind of recognized. I was, like, finally, like, connecting to what it really was. So I think that would be my first kind of glimmer of, of being connected. But then I was in a bookstore maybe a couple years later, and I've always kind of felt like an orphan, which, you know, I had two parents that raised me, and I actually met up my adopted parents, and so I'm not an orphan, but I always felt like an orphan. And I remember standing, looking up in a bookstore, and this book called The Family of Light popped out to me and I was like that's my family like it was just like an overwhelming feeling that this is my family and it was about the Pleiades and so that was when I really started learning I guess it's been 12 years now that I've really been conscious that 
that somehow I'm connected. I don't really, I don't have like spaceship experiences. And I think when you did my chart, you talked about how I, my bloodlines have the DNA that is needed for the information. So I don't need the spaceship experiences essentially. Right. Yeah. When, so, when you come, when you come in with the right uh, DNA bloodlines and then you're, and then you tap into your mastery, then you right. don't need to have experiences aboard the ship to move you along because you, you've brought the package with you. <laughs> right. Right. And that really seems to be the case that I, you know, once I was able to clear out all that hindered, which was like, I think education and, you know, relationships with family members, like all the things that are kind of taught to keep us, we're taught to keep us in line. Right. Once I kind of threw all that off and didn't really care and I think I was always sort of terrified that if I, you know, talked about astrology or talked about my perceptions, that I would die. Like, I literally had this feeling that if I share these things, I will be killed. Like, it's that, it's that big a deal. And I'm sure that I probably had many lifetimes where I did share things and I was killed. So that's where kind of the emotion would come from. But I, I worked through it. And, um, and now I'm, you know, I, I, I'm an astrologer and I love what I do it's, it's such a blessing don't you feel like it's such a blessing absolutely it's it's like finding it's like finding your family especially yeah. since we have the internet now yes. you know, just think of it if we didn't have the oh. internet we wouldn't be able to do this show we wouldn't be able to do the the charts that we do and find yeah. and find the star people it's like now yeah. that technology is up and running we can find our star people anywhere on the planet I know Pretty it's exciting. so amazing. It's so amazing. And we and I really do. I connect with people from all over the planet and it's it's fascinating. Like it's just I'm so grateful for like I feel so excited about the technology and and grateful that we have it. And cuz when I started out in the 90s, like I didn't know another astrologer. I didn't know other people who knew like I had to, all of my all I learned was from books and those were my friends. My my books were my good friends. And like Linda Goodman, we talked about Linda Goodman. She's the first book that I really read called Star Signs and and it was fascinating. So, you know, it really is a fascinating study. And I imagine like do you find many star seeds are drawn to astrology? Yes, I find that they're more and more getting interested in it. You know, since I found those star markings, the 25, 26 and 27 degree that show right. me the galactic a frequency that is in the DNA of a person's um, chart. Um, yeah. it, it seems that more and more um, beings are showing up wanting to know more about that information, especially the, the ones that were born after 1980. It oh, seems, interesting. You know, I was told to keep my information um, in a bank vault and hold it for over 25 years, and I had to wait until the people that were born after 1980 were up and grown. Wow. And, and so now I'm finding about 50% of my clients are born after 1980. So, so it's now something they're that's like true the, that's actually happening in my business. That's amazing. And they're, are they they're coming, like are they having wake up, like how I had my revelations? Is that the sort of experience people are having as well to, to like get in touch with the information? Well, some, well what I do when, I, when a person first uh, comes on Skype with me, I say, how did you find me? And and here's what I'm hearing. They're saying things like, I had a dream about the word starseed. I got up and I Googled it, and that's how I found you. Or they'll say things like, someone told me about starseed, and when I heard the word, I just had to go to my computer and see what it meant. It's like once somebody gets that starseed word, 
yeah. it lights them up somewhere. Yeah. That's kind of what happened with the indigo thing for me, like being conscious of this, of these, you know, having this greater purpose. And there's so many little, little significant details that make, you know, that are the same in all of us that makes you go, oh, my God, <laughs> like, this is so amazing. So it's very cool that you're having that experience with people and that you finally get to, like, live the, you know, that you got to let release the information. Well, what it tells me is that there's beings upstairs beaming the word starseed down to the planet. Yes. That's yeah, what that must <laughs> Yeah, like, so that okay. people can find themselves. It's like that, that frequency is being um, thrown in their sleep, and then when they wake up, it's so profound that they got to find out what it is. That's fascinating. That is really I know. fascinating. I Very know. cool. And I, I mean, and there's so much out there now too, right? Like, like there's no now we can just find things out. We don't have to be in the dark about anything. Yeah, I know. I would love to see astrology brought into our 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 education system. Oh yeah. I yes. think that if if it could be taken out of the dark ages and placed into school, so that children growing up would start knowing about themselves right away. Right. And now they're so computer savvy. I mean, yep. look at these kids that are seven or eight years old walking around with these these cell phones and knowing how to, to do all the things. It's two like, year wow. Two-year-olds know how to work cell phones now. Like, my little nephew, like, when he was two, he was he knew how to get on the iPad and get his game up. And, like, when he was a two-year-old. So, there's yeah, we're definitely – I think that the, the, the children born now are just wired with the technology. So it's not even a learning curve for them. It's just and natural. And think of this. The kids that are born – um, since the computer age, they've never known anything different. No. We, those of us that are older, I mean, we grew up with the, with the hardline land phones, and, yep. and, and the most exciting thing was a, was a Xerox machine. <laughs> <laughs> Xerox machine. Or the remote control. When, when the remote control came around for the TV, that was pretty exciting, too. <laughs> the fax machine, that was pretty cool. Yeah, the fax machine, the photocopier. Oh, there's so. I mean, now the smartphones, though. I mean, although you know, there's a lot of controversy about them. I um, I really love that. Like, here's my camera, and here's my calculator, and here's my, like, it's just I don't know. Maybe because I'm an Atlantean, and <laughs> I just love all the technology. Well, the thing about the technology is that that the consciousness of the people has not caught up with the technology, and that's the scary part. Yeah, always, isn't it? I mean, when I see things happening with bullying on on um, Facebook or people killing themselves or getting oh, information yeah. that's so wrong that yeah. turns somebody upside down because of of other people's you know uh, judgments or whatever. Yeah. It, yeah, it shows that we have not been able to train our children to know the difference. Well, I mean, there's still kind of an old paradigm of education fully in place, right? So it's like they're growing up in the wild west of the Internet without any, I mean, we don't have any protocols even, right? Because it's all so new still. Yeah, very true. So do you have any examples that you could share with us about something maybe with a client, not not mentioning their name or anything, but just something you can give to us to give us examples of how astrology works for some of your clients? 
Sure. Um, like I, I like I do. My favorite thing to do is I, I have a package that's called Go Deep. So I work with someone for nine weeks at a time. So we don't just do one reading. We do nine of them over an hour long readings. And that is my most satisfying work because we can go so deep into the chart. We can, you know, analyze the nodes, figure out where the solar and lunar eclipses were, which helped to identify purpose and the, the gifts that you came in with. And then we can analyze relationships, which is a very, um, like it's an important thing for people, right? And astrology is such a gift when it comes to understanding relationships. And especially when, it, like, I think a lot of people, are prone, especially sensitive emotionals, are prone to holding on to relationships that should be let go of. And I think astrology can be quite definitive about what the, the hope or not hope of a relationship is. Do you find that? Do you, yeah, do you I do find that. Stuff? I wanted to ask you, uh, do you also look in a comparison chart, like you'll have, the say, the moon is at uh, 4 Scorpio, and then the other person's north node is 4 Scorpio. Do you mm-hmm. find that there's some kind of strong interchange with something like that between those two people? Right. Yes. That's the sort, especially Scorpio. Scorpio, when people are connected through Scorpio, there's a real um, fated, like massive pull between them. So when there is, that's like sinistry, right? When you when you compare the planet placements, and there often significant relationships will have important planets on the north node or you know connections between the sun and the moon or you know like all the all the way the planets connect and you can tell yes you can so tell often people you know where you're like oh it was like love at first sight or instant attraction that's like there's you can see that in someone's chart if if they're experiencing that so yeah definitely definitely you can did you want me to, to discuss scorpio specifically or was that just an example Oh, that was just an example. Yeah. But what I'm learning is that the, the north node is your destiny and the south node mm-hmm. is where you come from. So right. when it does hit another person's planet, it kind of gives you some insight of maybe where you have known that person before or what kind of energy yeah. might have taken place. Right, That's the, the way I kind of look at it. Yeah, definitely. I lo- actually, I love looking at that. Very helpful. I find in when I do relationship charts for people and it's complicated, often it is a complicated relationship and you can – you know, you can see the past life vibe by looking at the north and south node. So you can kind of, and, and where the other person's south node is in your chart and where your south node, like you can see who you were together in another lifetime. And Pluto, the placement of Pluto in the composite chart, in the, composite chart the work of Jeffrey Wolf Green is really wonderful for relationships too. So it can show you like the depth and the layers that sometimes draw people together. But I do like what I've been getting the message of recently is that that we it isn't fated. We can like not choose to have our crappy relationships if we're in a crappy relationship. Like some people are like, I just can't let go or we're so meant to be or it's the love of my life. But there's I think many you know, many people with the degrees that you want to, for you to evolve in your life. So I I think that, you know, the astrology can point out like this is a relationship that you had some serious karma with but you can let it go. You don't have to hold on anymore. Or this is a deep soul love relationship, and it's you know it's there for a reason. So, so do yeah. you find? Have you found that uh, I have clients that one person's north node will be conjunct the other person's south node exactly to the degree? Do you find that happening a lot? Um, 
I've had, you know, I'm just thinking, I don't know that I've had that many experience. I've had like opposition, more opposition experiences with people. What, do, what happens, what have you seen happen when that is? Is it like past I'm getting a lot of it. In the, in the last two or three years, I would say that I have seen probably one a week. <laughs> it's oh, like, wow. Yeah, where so are they coming it, from to, to do this? It's what like, does it mean? It's like fatal attraction at some level. Oh, so it's not good. It's like it ends up being dark and difficult. Well, it can it can be either one. It can be oh, either one. Right. Yeah, cuz I mean, the attraction to to the good relationships can be just as strong as the the bad ones as well. That's right. That's fascinating. I wonder, you know what I've noticed and I and I think we talked about this too is that I'll get like a wave of people with the same problem or the same issues, like, you know, 10 clients with you know, abandonment issues. And then all of a sudden now I'm getting um, relationship, people wanting to discuss relationships and, and complications of relationships. Like it's, it's interesting. It comes in waves. Have you You experienced that too? Yeah, I do experience that, but I also experience it. Like when I go to the chiropractor, I'll say to him, I'll say, okay, what's, what's the ailment in the town this week? And he'll, he'll say, Oh, everybody's gallbladder is acting up. Well, then uh, I will go and look at the at the planets that are activating gallbladders. <laughs> oh, and is it Jupiter? Jupiter activates the gallbladder, right? Jupiter, Mars. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. The, the expansion so of like, inflammation. So Yeah, so every time I go and he has something different to say, boy, I, I say, oh, goodness, let me go look that up. He doesn't know <laughs> I'm doing it because he's a real strong Christian uh, oh, chiropractor, yeah, but Christians I have a good time astrology. with it. <laughs> Yeah, I would too. I always like I, I'm always looking like what's going on now? What's happening here? I always have to like refer to the the affirmus and look what's going on. It's fascinating. I've had, you know, like you asked me what I feel like my most most of my clients will come because they need to be clear that they're here for a purpose because they have that sense that they're here for a purpose. And like I can see in the chart, you know, there's a lot of big pointers or arrows to what the purpose is. So it really helps, I think, affirm and clarify people's creative purpose in life and what they're here for. Do you find that too with astrology that you you use it for that? Yes, and I'm also finding people that are born with their their Mars and Venus all in one sign is a real strong indication that they've got their male and female all in one body and they really don't oh. need anyone to complete them. Interesting. I'm going to keep watching for that because you mentioned that about my chart as well. And I was like, oh, that's, that's quite interesting because my hubby tells me I give advice like a man. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm balanced, which is maybe not always true, but that's very interesting. Yeah, good. So, well, I'm looking at the time and I don't know if um, – Ariel, are you there? Are, are we going to do questions, or are we not going to do questions tonight since we have this problem with the Internet? Well, um, we, well let's find out first if we have anyone with questions. Okay. And I, I can uh, get either Jada or Fiona to click the buttons for me. I guess I'll have to direct it verbally, but um, I'm game. You know, okay. we've gone this far Without okay. my internet, um, we have so, overcome. Um, either, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I uh, <laughs> like you. I I love my technology. I've got Moon and Aquarius, um, and I don't like it to get the best of me. But you know what? When the when the service cuts off to the house, there's not much you can do. I know. Then so, you realize um, the mercy of it. You do what? 
I said, then we realize that we're really at the mercy of all this technology. We don't want to come too dependent and don't throw your books out yet. <laughs> well, right, right, yeah. Um, so hey, either Arielle? Jada or Fiona. Yes? Hey, this is Jada. I was just going to let you know we don't have anyone holding with a question right now, but if people do want to call in, Fiona and I can take the questions and open their mics. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, just you stay you stay with your mic open so that we can uh, coordinate that. But so let me just say now at this time, if anyone who is listening, um, if you are already on the switchboard and you have a question for Hillary, then you'll need to press one on your keypad so that we know you want to come on the air. And if you're listening on the computer then all you need to do is pick up the phone and dial 917-889-8292. And then as soon as you're in, press 1 so that we know you want to come on the air. So we'll give them a, a few minutes to get that together. And uh, I'd like to just chat a little bit more about astrology with you while we're waiting to see if we have any callers. So does okay. that sound good? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Cool. I have just really enjoyed um, listening to, to some of your takes because you do um, a, a slightly different variety, uh, if you want to call it that, of, of astrology. With um, You probably go much, much deeper than I do because I'm just, um, I, I look at star markings and, and missions and things like that. But I haven't done a lot of synastry charts. And um, when you were talking about that, I remember uh, when I first found out about synastry, uh, running, taking my charts and um, a person that I was interested in, and man, that should have been a great relationship, and it wasn't. So, it, oh. I mean, there was there was so many, you know, things that looking at it on paper, there should have been a great deal of of cooperation and consideration and all that good stuff. But it made me realize that a person could have the chart of Superman but mm-hmm. or Superwoman, but if they have had the environmental, the educational, uh, let's say disadvantage, um, had some uh, emotional traumas and things like that, mm-hmm. uh, do you find that sometimes uh, people – are not living up to the potential in their chart. Yes, actually. I, um, you know, have you, you've heard of narcissistic personality disorder? Have you heard of that? Well, I, I can assume what it is, but so yeah. it's like one Tell of, me your, your definition. This, I, for some reason, had quite a bit of experience with this particular personality disorder. And what I find fascinating is that when people do have this problem or also anybody who's like heavily medicated or, you know, on like addicted to something so that the addiction is taking them away from their true self, that will be an indication of someone who, who doesn't necessarily show up how their chart says they would show up. But the most fascinating thing that I've ever encountered was with someone with this narcissistic personality disorder had like this chart that was, nothing like who they were, like who they presented to be, which I found fascinating because I've never, that doesn't happen very often, right? Generally, you know, when you see someone's chart, 
you can talk about their personality, you can talk about their emotional experiences, their childhoods, you can talk about so much. And like very rarely is it not accurate. But with this particular personality disorder, the the whole point is is that they they develop a facade of who they want to be. So they're like sort of just like a reflection of themselves and they hide anything that they don't want to be. So eventually a lifetime of doing this creates like the real personality is just lost. It doesn't come back. So in that case, that's the only time I've really with those sorts of characters, let's see. And and those were charts I got knowing this, like these people don't usually seek assistance or help in any way because it, it might be pointed out to them what's going on. Right. So they don't want to hear that. But in that case, that was one of the times where I was most fascinated and and thought, how could you not be what your chart is? But, you know, there are dark forces in the world and and we can get hooked on all kinds of things that will take us away from who we really are. And that's, I think, the only time I've ever seen people really diverge from what their charts are. If that makes any sense. Yeah, that's. Absolutely. And I, I never really put it together until you said it. But this particular person that I had in mind um, after a a serious auto accident was addicted to pharmaceutical painkillers. Ah, that's a a nasty one. It's so, you know, it's so insidious, too, because you're like, oh, I need this operation, and now I'm going to be on these painkillers. And do you know how many times people never get off of the painkillers? They just spend the rest of their lives hooked on opioids which is, like, tragic. It is. So it he, is, so yeah. yeah I mean, so, so he wasn't, you know, that could very well be why, why it wasn't working, right? Like, he wasn't, he wasn't in resonance yes. with his true self by being, like, checked out on the drugs all the time. Yeah, yeah. That makes so much sense, and I, I, never, I never quite could figure out, and I, and I thought, you know, um, didn't act like a walk-in, like you would think a walk-in would act. Uh, and sometimes, uh, I suppose, uh, you know, a walk-in, and, and Lavender, you might want to, if you're, if you're hearing me, chime in on this one, but when a walk-in decides, uh, you know, to fulfill that contract and change places with the person, do they have to also take on their chart? That's interesting. They must. Yeah, you'd think, because they take on their life, well, right? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, because like Lavendar was saying, your chart is in every cell, and um, right. you may or may not have heard uh, previous radio shows when she told about um, the time that she was on, aboard the ship, and the Pleiadians said, let me show you something. They took one drop of her blood, put it on a slide, put it up on the big screen, and there was her chart, the, the exact minute of birth, the place of birth, the date, everything from a drop of her blood. Oh, my uh, gosh. No, I, so must, I didn't hear that. That's fascinating. Yeah. Well, huh. Lavender, if you want to tell the story, you can, but I think I pretty much summed it up. Um, but, yeah, that was, Ariel, that was a real Ariel, eye-opener. This is Fiona, yep. this is Fiona speaking. Uh, Lavender has dropped off her mail, so I don't know what that is. If Mercury retrograde is clearly not over yet. Um, <laughs> no, obviously. We <laughs> do have 19. a caller, Barbara, from the Tetons, who would love to speak with our guest and express her gratitude. Oh, lovely. Okay, Barbara, is it Barbara, did you say? Her name is Barbara. Would you like 
for me to bring her on? Yes. Go ahead and, and open up her mic. And uh, Hillary, you'll be, be talking to Barbara. Okay. She is, so uh, in a, a, she's a park ranger in charge at the Teton National Park. Oh, hi, Barbara. You're online with... <laughs> Hello, Hillary. Hillary. Huge Hillary. blessings to you. I'm a little bit south of you, and yes, a red sun and a red moon going on. Very strange, isn't it? Doesn't it feel very strange? Oh, highly. And about 60 miles from Jackson Hole, Wyoming, um, a place in Idaho has had over 90 earthquakes since Saturday, the biggest one being 5.1. Idaho? Is Idaho yeah. doesn't even have earthquakes usually, yeah. does it? Idaho. Yeah, normally not. So this wow. is as high strangeness. <laughs> it is high strangeness, most definitely. I can feel it. I can't really put words to what I'm feeling, but I'm definitely feeling that things are, like, it, it oddly feels good, though. I feel sort of bad for feeling so good because there's so much terrible crap going on in the world. And I'm like, you know, I really feel good. It all feels yeah. good. And that's why we're holding these crystal energies as we are. Oh, really? That's interesting, isn't it? We're holding a vibration. We're holding the vibration especially since the eclipse has happened. And here in the Grand Tetons, it was a totality where the whole sun was covered by the moon and and the energetic recodings that have happened. Have you felt it as well? Oh, yes. (laughs) And you're out there in the middle of nature, right? So you don't have the interruption of city around you or anything? Correct, yeah. Oh, how how um, lovely. Yeah, so I just wanted to, you know, connect with you verbally and to say so much gratitude and the light and the love that you're anchoring. Good job. Thank you so much. You too. Many blessings. All right. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Much appreciated. Well, great. Thanks for calling, Barbara. And uh, if you want, you can go ahead and close the mic. Do we have another caller? Uh, Fiona or Jada, do we have another caller? Hey, Ariel, this is Jada. No, not at this time. No one is in the queue. Okay. Okay. Good. Thanks for letting us know. Thank you so much. So, yeah. Well, this has just been so fascinating. Um, And how about taking a, a, you know, a look for the, for the rest of the year um, any any highlights that you'd like to talk about um, coming up astrologically? Astrologically, well, Jupiter is going to be switching signs from Libra into Scorpio, so I think we're going to really feel that. I'm just like if that is Jupiter. So October, October 10th, we'll be feeling the shift from Jupiter being in Libra, which is very, you know, charming and lovely and cooperation oriented and other orientated into very deep Scorpio. So I think that will be interesting. So all the kind of Scorpionic, um, our ability to, to dig deep and see the truth and um, kind of step into our power and even our financial power will, will increase with the Scorpio energy. So that is kind of big news coming up in October. And then also even bigger is that Saturn will be leaving Sagittarius after the last two years and moving into Capricorn and in Capricorn um, Saturn is the ruler of Capricorn. So there should be kind of a, a nice resonance with Saturn in Capricorn, allowing us 
hopefully to be, you know, very grounded and practical and um, laying very solid foundations for ourselves to move forward into this new era that we're all moving into. So with the um, Saturn Sagittarius energy that we've had for the last couple of years, it's very, you know, been exposing truths and it's been, you know, Saturn is not all that comfortable or Sagittarius energy doesn't really suit Saturn at all. So it's been, I think, difficult for a lot of people, lots of um, sort of truths being exposed that are painful and, but the truth needs to come out and Sagittarius always makes sure of that. So with Saturn moving into um, Capricorn, it should feel, I I feel like it'll, I feel like it's going to be, I'm a Capricorn too. So that's probably why I think it'll be good, but it'll, I think it'll be a good foundation laying energy for us. And that's going to be for the next two years, starting in December. So those are kind of the big, the big movements, I think, before the end of the year that we're all, I hope I'm not forgetting anything. I didn't actually prepare for that little bit at the end there. Um, So hopefully I'm not forgetting anything. But those are the big, those are the big kind of obvious movements that we'll feel. Do you have anything else that you think of that might be going Mm -hmm. on until the end of the year? Yeah. Yeah, Well, I was actually going to comment on on what you were talking about in um, a lot of people see Saturn as difficult and mm-hmm. and they and they almost you know like shrink from oh no the Saturn right. return is coming like it's the like it's the boogeyman right. but uh, in in my in my understanding Saturn is about harvest mm-hmm. and if you planted bad seeds you're going to have a bad harvest and yeah, and you're going to have sense. to pay the bill yeah you know and and if you if you've planted good seeds and you've kept your energy clean and, um, you know, done, not taken shortcuts. You know, Saturn's not about yeah. taking shortcuts. It's about doing it doing the, the long, work. real, hard, effective, yeah, doing the work. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, when I see, and then Saturn also being the ruler of the 10th house along with Capricorn, um, it, is, it can be a time of harvest mm-hmm. if you have had good planting uh, practices over the past how many decades we're going to talk about. But um, so it's not necessarily, I just, he's the bill collector. And if you don't have any bills, Saturn can help you quite a bit in in getting ahead and and harvesting. And and, really, uh, it's it's the energy that, um, that like, like if we work exactly what you're saying, if we work, and do the work and, and kind of step into the response of our, our responsibilities, then really good things. It's like we're given the, the, you know, the riches of the world if we're willing to work, basically, with Saturn, right? Right. Right. And, and, doing, I mean, and doing the work on, on, a, on a high level, mm-hmm. you know, that's, you know, um, I'm not talking about digging ditches, but you know, I'm talking about, the you know a work that's going to affect you know the world humanity the planet, yeah um, the energies well, yeah yeah especially like like people who resonate with the star seed like there's 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 big marching orders right there there's a big reason to be here so Saturn will I, I feel like it's it's 
even though, I mean, it can bring grief and sorrow and loss and all these also difficult human experiences, it can also bring, like you say, the rewards of hard work and commitment is a big one, like if you're willing to commit. So you can't bring your great work to the world unless you're willing to commit, right? Exactly. Exactly. And, yeah, I mean, and Saturn, it can it can make you feel a little isolated, um, yeah. But like I tell people, you think about the rings around Saturn. These are these are boundaries. They're limits. There's certain you know mm-hmm. stay between the lines, and right. um, you know and don't go outside of the lines. So Saturn contains things. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's not it gives it's, structure. It's Saturn and a Saturn. Right, exactly. It gives everlasting structure, mm-hmm. and, but it's not a day at the beach. You know, it's not a day at the beach. Jupiter, <laughs> Jupiter's the day at the beach. It's fun and, yep. and, and you know, Venus. jovial. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but you can't have every day at the beach. No. No, because then you'd just be, yeah. have sand all up your butt crack and it wouldn't be any good. Yeah. <laughs> you got to, like, get home and have a shower and, like, get back to work. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be much more comfortable. That's right. That's right. So, I mean, ultimately, it is, it's all about balance. And if you know what yeah. energies, you know, by following your transits, understanding mm-hmm. your charts, you can balance energies. And, um, and I tell people all the time that your, your chart is almost like a stew. And you've got all yeah. these different components. And when you need strength and courage, you pull on the fire, pull on Mars, pull on Saturn, you know. And when you need the sensitivity, you know, pull on the water stuff in your chart. And you can really um, have many, many tools. And you don't have to wear the same outfit every day, you know. Ah, I mean, that's some days, that's... You know... Go oh, ahead. We're having a – oh, I'm sorry. We're having a, a little bit of a lag, so I don't mean to be cutting you off like that. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, probably because I'm using a cell phone, which, believe me, it's a last resort, but the show must go on. Yeah, it's uh, pretty good, though, <laughs> I would think. I like the stew analogy. And, and it, it's like there is there, – we, we do have – I kind of think – I actually did a guided meditation. And if anybody would like that, I would be happy to email it out if people contact me for free. And it's a guided medica- meditation that connects us to the planets as our guardian angels. So it's like looking at Saturn, at, like they, each of them have the, their special skills and can help us if we connect with them. It, it, and I find it very, like I kind of feel like that's actually maybe what's going on, that they are, they're, they're beings that do connect with us and help us move along in our evolution. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, when I was, when I was first learning um, astrology from, from Lavendar, um, I used to do my transits in retrospect because ah. I wanted to be sure that that I wasn't making it happen because I read it in a transit book. Right, smart. You know what I mean? so, You were being science. So I was. Yeah. Well, like I said, my moon's in Aquarius, but right, um, exactly. You can't even help it. <laughs> you know, after you, yeah, when you read when you read your transits, you're learning uh, passively about planetary yeah. energies and then yeah. I and go out and have a day where when I came back, I kind of was, you know, like Fred Flintstone. <laughs> um, and I was like, geez, oh man, must be Mars. And I'd go look at my transits and every time 
There was a Mars yeah. square something, and it makes you a little salty, a little ornery, a little irritable. Um, and one by one, I started to learn how to sense those planetary energies until um, it, it was almost like I got the training wheels off. Yeah. Uh, but setting What's your, your transit sunset? is Aries. Ah, that's an interesting combination. So you're fiery character. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I, I'd say that. But um, but there are times when the fire doesn't serve me, and that's when I right. go for the water. Right. You know, and 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 there's times that's when the water smart. doesn't serve, and 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 it's like okay, you know, the Pisces in my chart needs to sit down and be quiet now because I have to do this, and and I don't need that that Piscean kind of wishy washy. Wishy-washy, yeah. That's, I was looking for the word that uh, <laughs> that can come through. So it's like, like I say, if you have stew and you just want the potatoes, you just pick out the potatoes, or you just pick, pick out, out the, the potatoes. <laughs> That's great yeah. analogy. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Well, like Lavender says, that's Jupiter and Gemini. So oh, um, it helps great. me get my point across. Yeah, it makes yeah, you good so, communication and stuff too. That's lovely. So the um, yeah the the bottom line is everybody listening, you can get um, a really cool little app for your smartphone called Time Passages. They've also got a desktop um, version as well, and it you use that together with the Robert Hand book called Tra- Planets in Transit, written by Robert Hand, um, mm-hmm. who by the way Hillary was born the same day and the same year as Lavendar. Oh, wow. That's always so interesting. Isn't it? Especially, yeah, because, so, um, I mean, they're both the astrology, like, it's obviously in, in the blueprint, right? Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So the um, by following your transits, you just look on the app to see, oh, I've got Mercury Square Mars today, and and then you can go look in the transit book and you read about it and passively you will be learning astrology just by doing that yeah. much and that'll be the foundation for then you know for people to go farther and and, and look a little bit deeper and um, but that's that's how I got started to really understand the planetary energies through all the combinations um, that that can come up so it's that's a really really learn. good ad- it is because you don't feel like you're learning. I mean, I mean, yeah, you yeah. feel like you're learning, but it's not work. No. Yeah. No, I like I I feel the same way when I when I learn astrology, I'm just curious. It's my own kind of curiosity that draws me to want to learn. So it doesn't feel like you got to study for this test and you better remember this by tomorrow. Like it's never that. It's always just sort of an osmosis learning that happens, I think. Right. 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 Well, this has just been delightful speaking with you this evening. And um, before we wrap up, before we wrap up here, I just want to um, give your uh, websites one more time. Your okay. main website, which is Hillary Scott, and Hillary is spelled H-I-L-L-O-R-Y, and Scott is S-K-O-T-T dot com, and also um, your Everyday Astrology podcast is at 
the everyday, the, the word the, T-H-E, everyday astrology podcast dot podbean, it's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com. And all of your um, astrology podcasts are there, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep, they're there. And actually, you can get to the podcast through my website as well. And in the podcast, I use, it's a forecast where I use the transit. So it's also listening to that podcast would be a good way to get in touch with the energies also passively of, of the planetary transits for the week that we're all under. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I'm so glad that you're doing this, that you are who you are. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. And um, you're welcome to come back anytime if you, oh, that you know, have something pleasure. else to talk about. Yeah. I would love yeah, that. You're always welcome. Thank you. I was, so, it was so much uh, fun talking with you. Well, as the same here, um, even even under these uh, circumstances, which have been a little bit uh, trying tonight, uh, with with my not having any internet or landline, um, but we did it. <laughs> and we did it, especially to, to to Fiona and Jada, who really saved the day. I could not have pulled this off without you, girls. So thank you so much for your help, ladies, and from all of us here at Starseed Radio Academy, wish you a great week upcoming, and remember every day, think about all the things you have to be grateful for. And with that, once more, Hillary, I want to thank you for being with us, and thank you we so hope much to talk for having to you again me. soon. Yes, for You're sure. Welcome. Many blessings. And to you as well. Good night, everyone. And Fiona, could you hit the uh, outro uh, voiceover? <laughs> Our theme music has got to come on. If you can hit that play button where it says outro voiceover. been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com.